Radio Influence. Podcasting redefined. Welcome back to the Lawfather Podcast. We are here in our first show at the new Lawfather headquarters. And those of you watching on video, I hope you're enjoying the new sites and, and the new studio. And as always, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Check us out on social media. Uh, we fixed some of our Facebook uh, stuff, so you're going to see a lot more on there. So those of you who follow us on Facebook, you're going to see a lot more things on there. And also, before we get too deep into the show, wanted to thank once again Ian Beckles and DJ Eakin for being on the last two episodes of the podcast as we got into some real kind of difficult topics talking about politics, which can be a minefield, if you will, uh, especially if you're having conversations with people who don't necessarily uh, have the same political beliefs as you. And uh, so it was really interesting. And I think it really showed people how that you can have that conversation. And even outside of the show, it's a conversation that I've had with other attorneys where, you know, we'll be at lunch and we'll be talking about different things. And, you know, you can have that educated conversation about that. So what I wanted to do today was kind of follow up on that. And, you know, I, I was looking into some things these past two weeks and I stumbled upon some quotes and I just wanted to kind of jump into those here and just look at a few things here. All right. So just kind of bear with me and you'll see where I'm going with this. But the first one is what we need in the United States is not division. What we need in the United States is not hatred. What we need in the United States is not violence or lawlessness, but love and wisdom and compassion toward one another and a feeling of justice towards those who still suffer within our country, whether they be white or they be black. Now, this where this comes from went on. There was a, a couple other pieces that weren't pertinent, but come back down and it continues but the vast majority of white people and the vast majority of black people in this country want to live together, want to improve the quality of our life, and want justice for all human beings who abide in our land. Let us dedicate ourselves to what the Greeks wrote so many years ago, to tame the savageness of man and make gentle the life of this world. Let us dedicate ourselves to that and say a prayer for our country and for our people. Now, that that's part of a, a little bit longer speech speech done by a politician, okay? How much does that speech sound like it is coming from 2020 or 2021, right? Has that real look and feel of what we're seeing right now? Well, I got news for you. That is from Robert Kennedy's speech in Indianapolis in 1968 as he was getting ready on the campaign trail to hold a speech in a rally. And just before that, he found out that Martin Luther King had been assassinated. This was part of the speech that Robert Kennedy delivered that day in 1968. How much does that ring true to what we're seeing here today in 2021? So I think we all can take a lot from that um, and, and kind of go on. And as I was getting ready for today's show, I, I had Batman versus Superman on, of all things, right? And how does this tie into anything, whether law-related or what we've been talking about on the politics side related? I'll tell you this. It just so happened they were doing like a, a Senate hearing type of thing during it. And I kid you not, this was the quote from it. This is how a democracy works. People talk to each other. 
Okay, so if we can figure that out in something as trivial as Batman versus Superman, I think we can figure that out in in real life. So that's that's kind of the political side. Now I'm going to tie some of the legal side back into the political side because, hey, guess what? We have our favorite topic coming up again, impeachment. And the impeachment part that's getting a lot of publicity is that Trump has been impeached again by uh, by the House, and it's going to be going to the Senate for a trial. Maybe okay, that's at least the way the process works, and I'll get into a little bit of a little bit of the process here. And I think I was looking into uh, the impeachment process a little bit more, and I think possibly the next show, what I want to do is give kind of a whole history of the impeachment process. I think it's it's really important because the impeachment process actually dates back to England. So we uh, we signed our constitution and we became a free country in 1776. So the impeachment process actually extends before that and we actually took it with us from England. Uh, so I, I want to dive into kind of a history on that. But for those of you who don't know what the impeachment process is, it's it's a charge against a public official. So the president, vice president, and any of the the, the federal public officials can be impeached. Uh, I believe there's an impeachment on the state level, but that's kind of a different topic for a different show. We're talking about the federal level right now. Okay. And what happens is, is charges are brought in the House of Representatives. If there's a vote that sustains those charges, then it goes to the Senate for a trial. And if the Senate convicts, then that person has been fully, they, they're impeached on the beginning part, but then they're convicted. Uh, there's been three presidents that have been impeached, and I believe all three of them uh, were acquitted in the Senate trials. So um, may see something different here. But one of the things I want to look at and talk about before we get into the other impeachment that's going on, or at least been brought up. I don't know how much, how many legs that's going to get and, and where that's going to go. But I want to take a look back, right? So we've only had three presidents that have been impeached. One was right after Lincoln. The other was Nixon and then Trump. Okay. So Gerald Ford was the president right after Nixon. And you know what Ford did? Ford pardoned Nixon. And I, I think this goes beyond beyond party lines because we're seeing something here where Look, Trump is gone. Biden is in, right? Why don't we move on? And, and as Ford said, that he justified his decision by claiming that a long, drawn-out trial would only have further polarized the public. And, and I think what we're seeing here, and I think the law shows us this and history shows us this, that things tend to repeat themselves. Things tend to be very cyclical. And I think we're in that spot here. We're in this very cyclical piece where we can draw from Robert Kennedy. We can draw from Gerald Ford and go, hey, guess what? We've seen this before. This is how it played out before. And and this is how we actually made things better, right? And I, and I think that's the thing. Are we making things better if we go through an impeachment trial for former President Trump? I, I, I don't know, right? I, I just, I don't think we are. I think we're looking in the past if we do that. And it's something that I tell my employees. It's, you know, something that as we're looking through things and we're doing things on a daily basis that, guess what? Let's look forward. Let's not look back, right? What's happened has happened and we can't necessarily change what's happened, but let's work on what we can change here in the now and into the future. So then let's look at, at this and, you know, creating a further divide, which is not necessarily a good thing. 
there is a, a representative who has introduced articles of impeachment against Joe Biden from back when he was vice president. Okay, this is this is the quote. President Joe Biden is unfit to hold the office of the presidency. His pattern of abuse of power as President Obama's vice president is lengthy and disturbing. President Biden has demonstrated that he will do whatever it takes to bail out his son Hunter and line his family's pockets with cash from corrupt corrupt foreign energy companies. And this was from Representative Green. And this was from her statement. Uh, look, how long ago was this? I mean, this was had to be at least four years ago because Trump was president for four years. And then uh, Biden and Obama were uh, president and vice president for the eight years before that. But where was this then? If this was such a thing, then are we going to find more evidence of that now from something that was four years ago? So yes, she can, she can bring those articles. She has all the power to because that's what the constitution says. Doesn't mean the house is going to have the majority vote on it to advance that and to formally charge president Biden. And then how we look at it is the house does the evidentiary side. So they collect all the evidence and the evidence is then presented to the Senate and the Senate holds the trial, just like we would in, in regular law, right? We gather evidence. So we don't have two separate people doing, doing these things, right? We don't have two sides of the house doing this, if you will. We gather evidence as we're building a case, right? We, as the attorneys, we're, we're building that evidence, right? We're putting it all together. We're putting the pieces together that show this person did something they shouldn't have done. And this is why, and this is how we know, right? Because it's not just enough to be able to say, I know Johnny did that, right? I have to show how I know Johnny did that, right? I can't just say Johnny's a bad kid, so I know he stole the TV, right? Probably true, right? I mean, especially if he's been known to break into other people's houses, but how did you know Johnny did it? Well, I saw him on, on my security system camera, and I saw him unplug the TV and pick it up and carry it out of the house. Right, that's evidence. That that's the the house's duty. That's what their job is. And then the trial is, hey, here's the evidence we have. Do we have enough to convict? Right. And if we do, then we convict. And, and same thing on on our side. Right. We we show that evidence and we go. If it's a car crash, hey, this is how we know that this person was negligent because they ran into the back of our client's car. Right. Why? Well, they did. Um, it, it, when we're talking about rear end crashes, to get off on a tangent here, it, it's a rebuttable presumption of fault, meaning that it is presumed that the person who did the rear ending caused the crash, that, that they're the, the main reason the crash happened, right? Not something else. They, they can present evidence to show otherwise, but um, it, it's on us to show that there's evidence, and that's what the trial portion is for. So, you know, long story short, we just need to move forward and you know what all come together and i think we're seeing history repeating itself here kind of over and over and over again so as we kind of dive into things and kind of ease our way back into some of the legal topics as we're here in the new podcast studio what we're going to do is what i'm going to do is i'm going to talk about a listener question and it comes from a conversation that i had with a client who had been involved in a slip and fall Okay, so I'm going to kind of paraphrase the information that, that they gave to me, right? And so I guess it wasn't truly a question per se, but it really, it comes up a lot when we're talking about a slip and fall case. And a slip and fall case is 
you're somewhere, you know, say other than your own house and there's some condition. So, um, a slippery floor in a grocery store, a hole in a parking lot that shouldn't be there. Uh, I don't know, debris on a floor in a store and, and you trip on it and you fall and you hurt yourself. Okay. That's a slip and fall, right? That's, that's what we call a slip and fall case. So when we look at it and we go and this is something that I actually get over and over again is, Hey, they fixed what was going on. So there was a hole in the parking lot. I stepped in it. They fixed it. Right. So therefore they knew that this was a problem and you know, they corrected it. So they should be held liable because they knew because they fixed it. Right. That's kind of the general concept. And the reality is the law says, no, that's not accurate. Okay. So when I hear that, I have to explain that, Hey, we can't use the fact that a business, a company, an individual fixes a dangerous condition, right? After a fall happens or after something bad happens, we can't use that to show that, that, that condition that they knew about that condition, because what we have to show on our side is we have to show that the business owner, the person, whoever controls that area, that, that they knew of whatever that dangerous condition was. So we can't use the fact that they fixed it because to, to show that why, well, public policy, right? So a lot of times when we look at the law, we look at public policy, what's best for the public is the public better off with that hole remaining because the company doesn't want to fix it because if they fix it, they could be showing that, that they knew it existed and, and then be more at fault, right? No, we want people to do the right thing, right? So the, the law favors that right? The law favors that public policy. So a lot of times when we're analyzing laws, we're looking at what does public policy say, right? If public policy says it's better for the general public to do something, then that's generally how that law is going to be interpreted. So we can use that though, if we have a situation where someone's going, it's not my responsibility, right? It's not mine. We can use who fixes it to show who owns it right? To show that not necessarily that they were at fault, but they own that and they should have maybe taken steps, right? But we can only use it to show ownership, not to show fault. So that's how that part of it works. And so if you have a slip and fall, slip and falls are very, very nuanced. Slip and falls really come down to a lot of really kind of difficult legal topics and terms. And it's something that we discuss with clients all the time. But that is our listener question of the day. That is our wrap up on the politics side of things. Uh, I can't promise you that we'll never have anything ever again on, on those topics, but I think we've kind of beaten them up enough. And I really wanted to, when I found this RFK quote, and I found it actually looking for uh, some quotes on, on MLK Day, uh, I looked and, and I saw a lot of it and everybody was posting things of things that MLK said. Uh, but what I really like to know is I like to know what did other people say about an individual. And that's actually how I found that I wanted to know what other people said about MLK. And I stumbled across uh, this Robert Kennedy uh, speech. And I know the, the parts that I took don't necessarily directly relate to MLK. And, and part of that was, I wanted to read those quotes and not not have any historical significance with them, right? I, I wanted to be able to show the parallels to 1968 and 2020 and 2021. 
right? So that's why there's a lot of good quotes. I encourage you to go. Uh, I believe it's on the Kennedy Library uh, website. They have that and they have an audio version. They have the transcript and the audio version. I, I would implore you to go listen to that, read that speech. I, th I think it's very well uh, written. I don't know if you wrote it out first, but be that as it may, it's very well written and very well said. So go take a look at that. As always, check us out on our social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Check us out there. YouTube, we're uh, ramping that up a little bit. And TikTok, yeah, you may see us on there here a little bit, um, adding some things on. So no shortage of ways to find the Law Father. Right here from Law Father Headquarters, the new Law Father Headquarters. This is the Law Father Podcast. Law Father out. This is a Landry Football Quick Fix on Radio Influence. Rich Coach, what was the reason Bill Parcells backed out of the buck stop? You, Culver House. Bill was always one that was – That's a, you talk about a perfect example of a guy that health issues, that loved to coach, always went back in the coaching because he couldn't live without coaching. Then he also couldn't live with it. Let, let me put this in perspective, how this would play out today. Boy, if you had social media back then. It wasn't like today where you hear – Parcells has gone to the box. Parcells has gone to the box. And then it's like the next news cycle, the next tweet, the next day is he's backing out. No, no, no. It wasn't like that. We're talking Saturday morning in a January. The Buccaneers have a press conference. Everybody's there to announce Bill Parcells. And you Culverhouse instead announces Bill Parcells is not coming. Could you imagine that today? In today's environment, holy mackerel, would that go, you know, would that go viral? There was another time Parcells with new ownership actually was being courted by the Bucks. This didn't go as public. This was a little bit more private. It was more in the modern era. And this was before they went and hired Gruden. I know because he called me and he offered me a position on the staff. So I'm thinking, along with some others, and this is how rumors get started, by the way. And I didn't mention it to anybody. And Literally, people who are contacted to be part of the staff thinking, they're gone, I'm going to Tampa. And then Bill backs out again, which that time was a little different situation. He decided it's more about what I just mentioned. Bill wants to get – he wants a job. He wants it. He wants it. He wants it. And he can't live without it. I got to have it. And then he gets all the way to the altar, and he's kind of backed out because – you know, I can't do that. I, you know, because that was Bill. The Landry Football Podcast with veteran scout and coach Chris Landry can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.